Yo, sometimes life calls for a change. Not fake, just different. It'll show you a different way. And right now, I'm on to my different way. I can promise you this is the same span, but the reporting is over. I'd like to welcome you to the Mr. Span Official Podcast. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Mrs. Pan Official Podcast. I am your host, Mrs. Pan, and this is episode number 37 of the show. And, uh, yo, man, this is a bit quicker than we normally get down. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just talked to you guys Sunday. Here it is Thursday, and I'm talking to you guys again because the world does not fucking stop, man. I said again, the world does not fucking stop, man. <laughs> It does not, and so because the world doesn't stop, and because I got a little bit of time, you know what I'm saying, I can get to this microphone, I can talk to you guys about the shit that's going on in the world, and I can put my spin on it, right, I can talk about it in the ways in which your man span sees what's happening in, in the world or whatever, and as my tablet just gives me a motherfucking notification, I wish I could quiet that shit down as I'm doing the show, but, 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 but. Of course, before we get into everything Span Report Podcast Network related and the Mrs. Span Official Podcast related, I do have to remind you guys how to get in touch with us over here at the Mrs. Span Official Podcast and let your voices be heard, man. So go ahead and hit us up at our hotline at area code 313-288-0485. That's area code 313-288-0485. Leave us those voicemail messages. Of course, those messages will get played here and responded to here live on the show. So if you're chopping it up or if you're watching us here live on, let's see, we got, we're on YouTube, we are on Facebook, and we are on Twitter, man. So if you're watching us via those three different platforms, Go ahead and hit us up uh, at area code 313-288-0485. If you're watching us live, you can chop it up with your man Span live. But if you're not watching us live, go ahead and leave us those voicemails and we'll reply to those voicemails here on the show, right? Also, he, hit us up at our email at feedback at thespanreport.com. That's feedback at thespanreport.com. Go ahead and uh, leave us those emails. And, of course, those emails will get replied to here live. They'll be read here live. And uh, we, we'll, we'll have that back and forth with you here while we're doing the show, right? Also, uh, if you want to shop it up with your man spam during the week, hit me up on threads and or Instagram. My name on both of those platforms is Mr. Underscore Span. So go ahead, follow me there. Chop it up with your man Span throughout the week on threads and Instagram. Also, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and or Spotify. Those five-star views are the ones that get read here live on the show. We really appreciate everybody who goes about the business of doing that. It doesn't cost you a dime. Just a couple minutes of your time to let everybody know why you're rocking with us over here at the Miss Span Official Podcast and the Span Report Podcast Network in its entirety. And you know why we do that? You know why we do the only the five stars, right? Because the people that do not like you do not hesitate to let you know that they don't like you. So the ones who do really, who really do fuck with us, man, we appreciate y'all and we want to highlight y'all. So the five star views are the ones that get ready here live on the show, right? Also, uh, if you're watching us here on, uh, I'm sorry. 
If you're listening on Spotify, you can vote in our polls on Spotify. You can uh, comment on Spotify. Uh, those are a, a couple of different ways that you can also uh, be a part of the show here as well. Also, if you're leaving us comments on our YouTube at the Sparingport Podcast Network on YouTube, we'll read some of those comments here on the show because we got we got quite a bit after that last show. And um, not all of you motherfucking shit is going to get read. <laughs> right but no real talk if you if you're leaving us some comments there we will we will highlight some of those comments and we definitely want to uh make this a conversation not a monologue so yo real talk if you're leaving us any type of feedback we want to hear from the we want to hear from you guys man we want to hear what you think about the things that we say here on the show so yo leave us those uh leave us that feedback in that way also go to our website at www.thespanport.com you can go there you can watch replays of the show you can uh Donate to the show as often as you like, as much as you like. And, of course, we really do appreciate every dime over here at the Span Report Podcast Network and the Span Report, I'm sorry, the Mrs. Span Official Podcast. Uh, we appreciate everybody who, uh, who, who you know, kind of helps out and, 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 and uh, contributes in that way. Man, we really do appreciate that, man, real talk. But, uh, yeah, man, like I said, I, I last talked to you guys uh, on Sunday, man. It hasn't really been that long. You know, normally we do we go between like a week or so, but, you know, there's been so much shit going on, and I've had an opportunity to kind of think about some of the shit that's been going on, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of these things, man, real talk. But um, I don't really have a whole lot of, like, random thoughts or anything like that. I didn't have anything interesting happen to me or anything like that. Uh, nothing crazy at the job or anything, man. Oh, I, I will say this, man. Like we here in, in, in the upper Midwest, you know what I'm saying? We had a, we had a, a, a heat wave that kind of happened here. You know what I'm saying? Hey man, yesterday, just yesterday, it was fucking 70 degrees here in Michigan, man. 70 in February, man. I just, just, just. I mean, you know, I'm old enough to remember, man, you know, like for all of the people who like don't believe in global warming, listen here, man, we wouldn't be setting fucking records in February if we weren't dealing with some level of global warming here, man. It was 70 degrees. You had the parks full of motherfuckers, man. You had people out barbecuing. You had people out like, you know, cruising and shit. They done pulled the motorcycles out early. They done pulled the mopeds out early. You know, some of these niggas are out on the mini bikes already, you know what I'm saying? Stopping their shit with their damn feet, you know? It's, it's crazy, right? 70 degrees. And I'll be goddamn. I'll be goddamn if I got to work this morning and it was 28 degrees outside. Nigga! 28 motherfucking degrees, bro. It was brick. It was brick this morning, bro. I had to put on a couple extra layers. I knew it was happening. I knew it was happening. But it was brick outside this morning, man. So, yeah, man. Um, You know, if you're, if you're part of the Midwestern culture, man, if you, you kind of know we, you know, if, if, whether it be Milwaukee, whether it be Chicago, whether it be Indianapolis, whether it be uh, Kansas City, uh, yo, man, you know, you're going to look up, man. It's going to be like hot as fuck one day and then cold as shit the next. And it's just part of being a part of the Midwest. You will have all four seasons over the course of the week if you live in the Midwest, man. Real talk. But uh, other than that, that's about the most interesting thing to kind of happen over the course of this week, right? So, uh, yeah, we got that going on. But let's just get right to it, man. Let's just get right into what the hell we got going on this week. So, uh, one of our first stories, man, we're going to kind of talk about here on, on the show tonight is, uh, Wendy's man. Wendy's wants to get into the, they want to get into the surge pricing in much the same way 
that Uber does surge pricing when the demand is high, man. God damn! Yeah, they kind of do. They kind of do. So let's see. We're going to pull this story up because, uh, wait a minute. This isn't exactly it. Did these motherfuckers update this before I could actually talk about this shit? Let's see. Uh, yeah, let's 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 see what the, let's see what NPR is talking about right now. Because right now it says that no, Wendy says it isn't planning to introduce price surging. So I mean, goddamn, man, that's 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 sort of like breaking news, you know. What I'm saying? Seems like breaking news to your boy. So we're going to read the story here. This comes out of NPR. It says, you may have seen news stories this week suggesting that Wendy's was planning to implement a practice known as surge pricing, which is when companies increase the price of products and services in real time as demand goes up. In other words, if you found yourself standing in line at the Wendy's during a busy lunchtime rush, you might be sold a more costly frosty. The hubbub came in response to comments made by Kirk Tanner, the fast food chain's president and CEO, during a February 15th earning February 15th earnings call beginning as early as 2025 we will begin testing more enhanced features like dynamic pricing and day part offerings he said tanner was talking about the company's 20 million dollar investment in new digital menu boards and said that the technology would empower wendy's to experiment with few novel with a few novel strategies including so-called dynamic pricing after news outlets ran stories warning that wendy's was planning to hike prices during the busier times of day company executives company executives tried to better explain what Tanner meant to clarify Wendy's will not implement surge pricing, which is the practice of raising prices when demand is highest. Wendy's vice president, Heidi shower said in an email to NPR, we didn't use that phrase, nor do we plan to implement that practice. Wendy's didn't provide any additional details, but it said in a separate statement that the digital menus could allow the company to offer discounts to customers during slower times of the day. Now, I do know that, like, uh, when this news kind of, like, hit the, like, the social media feeds, man, whether you were on threads, whether you were on Twitter, whether you were on Facebook, whether you were on fucking TikTok, whether you were on Macedon or Blue Sky, whatever the fuck, whichever one you were on, everybody was mad as hell, and to the point where it was really just like, man, I ain't no way. God damn! You niggas about to charge me $3 more for the, for the spicy chicken sandwich because I came doing a lunch rush, nigga? That's how people, like, kind of, you know, that's how people kind of took it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, when you think of surge pricing, and uh, for those of you who are familiar with using Uber, like, yo, Uber be like, yo, man, this ride going to cost you about $15 more because of where you at and because of how many people want us to, like, provide this service. Now, you're going, the cost of the brick just went up. You know what I'm saying? The cost of the brick done went up. But nobody's really willing to pay more for the chicken sandwich, man. If you know the chicken sandwich is $3.99, do you really want to pay $7.99 for that bitch because it's busy? Nobody wants to do that shit, man. Nobody. I mean, come on. Like, like, and here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Because I really feel as though they're backtracking hard on this one. Because I I I I find it hard to believe that surge pricing just became a thing that people came up with on their own, right? I find it hard to believe that the, the 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 general public came up with this on their own. I feel as though they said this shit, the general public kind of got wind of it, and they were like, yo, it's like that little trial balloon, man. Let's see what the fuck they say if we put this shit out there, 
right? And if we put it out there, we're going to see what they say. And then when they found out that most people were like, man, fuck that shit, nigga. I don't want to pay no more for that damn triple. I don't want to pay no more for the chili. I don't want to pay any more for these fries. I don't want to pay any more for these damn spicy nuggets, nigga. I want the same price that I'm supposed to get anytime I go here. And not only that, people are already upset that, like, the cost of the food is going up, right? Like, yo, man, I used to be able to go in the motherfucking Wendy's, man, and go get, you know, like a, a, a Dave double, you know what I'm saying, large for, like, $8.99, nigga. Now that shit cost me $14, nigga. This is crazy, you know what I'm saying, nigga. I don't, I don't know about that, man. And then if I order shit or Uber Eats or DoorDash or whatever, these motherfuckers want $20, nigga. I don't know, man. I don't know. This shit just cost the cost of the brick going up. And people do not like that shit, man. They don't. So what I feel like is that Wendy's, they floated this idea. They had the trial balloon go out into the public to see how the public would respond to it. And once the public said, nah, we ain't with shit. Oh, no. <laughs> y'all got us fucked up. Yeah, you know what? We wouldn't even talk about that, y'all. We were, we were just talking about some video boys, man. We're going we gonna to be putting some new menus up in the restaurants, man. We we even giving you niggas discounts, man. We, we, <laughs> y'all got us. Y'all, we were just playing. We were just, we were just playing. <laughs> right so yeah man um wendy's had the grand opening and grand closing when it came to their motherfucking dynamic pricing man so or their surge pricing so yeah we got that going on that has been in the news man um now last week we talked a little bit about um the trump shoes right we talked a little bit about that um off top like i said i, I believe that like although the the the, 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 the trump sneakers sold out I really do feel like that was one of those uh, those times where there was a false scarcity, right? I don't I don't foresee a shit ton of sneakerhead a shit ton of sneakerheads feeling as though they they have to have the Trump sneaker right now. I'm not as much of a sneakerhead as a lot of motherfuckers. I mean, I got quite a few pair. You know what I'm saying? I'm I, I've invested in my in my sneaker game. You know what I'm saying? I ain't I ain't a slouch, nigga. You know what I'm saying? But I am not so much of a sneakerhead that. Like, I feel as though I need to buy some bullshit coming out of the Donald Trump camp, right? But that didn't stop Bronx rapper Fat Joe from copying himself some of the Insurrection 45s. Yeah, man, we get this story here. This comes out of Yahoo, man. Fat Joe supports Donald Trump's Never Surrender kicks, but not his presidential campaign. All right. So uh, let's see. It says uh, the ability to separate the art from the artist is one of the most enduring conversations in mankind. Can you support someone's music, clothing or talent if they are viewed as a bad or at least at the very least controversial person? According to Fat Joe, yes, as he recently revealed that he has no issue purchasing Donald Trump's new golden high top sneakers, even if he has zero intention of supporting his campaign to be reelected as president of the United States. I'll be a monkey's bare-assed uncle. Yeah, man, this is the 50-year-old rapper, 53-year-old rapper, jumped on Instagram Live this past Monday to discuss why he proudly bought the Never Surrender Kick, specifically the exclusive Family and Friends edition. So not only did this nigga buy the, not only did this motherfucker buy the shoes, right? He bought the shoes, but he bought some special edition shoes of these motherfuckers. He bought the special editions, bro. Turn your ass around, nigga. <laughs> he said, if you collect art, do you really know what John Machat, do you really know what John My, uh, Michael Basquiat was into? He asks his viewers, do you know what Andy Warhol was into? 
any of these artists that you was into, you love the art, so you get it. I guess they separate art from the person. Now, me as a sneaker collector, I had to get my hands on the Trumps. So here's the thing, bro. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did this motherfucker really just compare Trump to Basquiat and Andy Warhol? Who are these niggas? <laughs> we need to stay away from these niggas. <laughs> we need to stay away from these niggas, man. I mean, real talk. He really tried to compare this, right? So here's the rub, right? Even if you don't know what Basquiat was into, if you don't know what Andy Warhol was into, you do know what the fuck Donald Trump is into. This motherfucker is into insurrection. This motherfucker is into, like, you know, presidential immunity for whatever fucking crimes I committed while I was in the office. This motherfucker is into locking up people who were, like, innocent of the crimes and like you know not actually guilty of said crimes and calling for the motherfucker to be put to death because of it we know that this dude was like into not renting his apartments to people of color like the puerto rican that that joe is we know that he was into that sort of shit so how then do you think that you are going to really justify this to anybody who knows what the fuck trump is into even if your argument is we don't know what basquiat was into we don't know what you know andy warhol was into motherfucker we know what trump is into we know what he was into uh let's see uh he also says joy crack continued to make it clear that there was no exceptions in his mindset using another recent example of a controversial person but listen, I have thousands and thousands and thousands of pairs of sneakers. When everybody flipped on Kanye, I went and bought the two most exclusive Kanye's ever. This motherfucker. Hey, man. The people didn't flip on Kanye. Kanye flipped on the people. Kanye flipped on the people, man. Kanye decided that yo man, I'm, I'm hey, slavery was a fucking choice. That Harriet Tubman was not the hero that we thought she was. That uh uh he was going to have one of his press people go and harass uh two uh poll workers down in Georgia on behalf of Donald Trump. That he parades himself around with Nick Fuentes, who is a Nazi supporter, Nazi sympathizer. Then on top of it, talks about how much he loves fucking Adolf Hitler. Who would have executed his ass if he had the opportunity to? So the people didn't flip on Kanye. Kanye flipped on the people. And you thought that was the time to be a supporter of Kanye. The fuck is wrong with you, man? The fuck is wrong with you? So here's the rub. Here's, here's the question that I have. Here's the question that I have. And uh, I really hope uh, that, you know, the people who are listening to the sound of my voice really do kind of help me along with this. Give me an answer as to what you think this is and whether or not, you know, you feel as though this is a, a valid argument to make. But um, do we still allow Joey Crack, Fat Joe, the past to say nigga? Nigga. do we still give him that you know because I, I i get it you know you new yorkers you know for the folks who are in new york you know y'all 
Y'all, y'all, y'all give a lot of motherfuckers up there passes to say nigga and shit, right? I've never really been the biggest Fat Joe fan. I've never really like. I ain't never bought a Joy Crack album. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never been like, yo, man, I gotta have that next jo- Fat Joe shit. I mean, Lean Back was a bop, but I never bought the motherfucking single. You know what I'm saying? They played the shit, I danced to the shit, and that was it. You know what I'm saying? I never felt like Fat Joe was one of those people like I had to have his shit. I had to listen to the bars that were coming from Fat Joe. Never felt like that ever in my life, nigga. Ever. But do we still give him the pass to say nigga in his records or just in, you know, regular parlance? Do you know, do y'all still give him that pass after this? You know? Because I'm kind of feeling like that shit should be revoked. You know? I kind of feel like his nigga pass has expired. I feel like that. Now, I am just but one person. But I kind of wonder how you motherfuckers feel about that. Because if Fat Joe can somehow justify supporting, and I, I, hear him, I hear him when he says, yo, I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump, but I am going to put some dollars in his pocket to kind of help him along with his insurrection shit. I'm, you know, I don't really, y'all, y'all the ones that flipped on Kanye, despite the fact that Kanye was out here on the Nazi shit. Yo, but it's because I'm a sneakerhead. Like, bro, does your sneaker dumb, like, does your sneaker fandom know no motherfucking bounds, man? Is it really just about you being a sneakerhead, bro? Like, it, it can't be just that. It can't be just that. So I, I, I'm i going to pose this as that question. Does Fat Joe still have the pass to say nigga after the support of Kanye West, despite his support for, for Kanye West's support of Nazis, and his willingness to shell out for the special edition Trump <laughs> Insurrection 45 sneakers? And meanwhile, come back to us and say, it's because I'm a sneakerhead. I'm going to leave that. That's going to be the poll tonight. That's going to be the poll for the show. Yo, does Fat Joe have the past still to say nigga after this stupid shit that he's about, you know, he's he's into right now with the uh, the, the, the the Trump shoes and shit. And you know what? It was funny, man, because I saw um, there was some uh, like uh, Ukrainian dude who had paid the nine thousand dollars for the uh for the trump sneakers or uh for the autograph versions of those and he's got an autograph maga hat and all this other shit and i was like yo man i'm just glad it wasn't one of us right and then you got fat joe coming out talking about some man i had to have him i'm a sneakerhead get the fuck out of here but it's kind of like negro adjacent not necessarily negro but negro adjacent so i'm just kind of wondering do we take this nigga's nigga pass from him you know what i'm saying that's what i'm thinking Cause I'm saying, nah, man, you can't say the shit no more. You 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 don't you don't you don't lost your 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 Negro privileges with this bullshit you got going on, man. Real talk. So you got that going on. Now uh, let's see another story we got going on. Um, this here has to do with one Sean P. Diddy Combs, as he has been uh, accused yet again of sexual assault, man. Damn. Yeah, man. So we get this story here. This comes out of Yahoo. Yahoo says that Sean Diddy Combs has been accused of sexual assault by a former male colleague. The new lawsuit is the latest in a string of disturbing allegations of a similar nature against the music mogul, all of which he denies. Yahoo Entertainment has reached out to Combs' lawyer for comment. Here's what's going on. Uh, Rodney Lil Rod Jones, a producer on Diddy's 2023 album, filed the lawsuit in federal court on New York and 
in New York on Monday against the rapper and several associates. Jones alleges that uh, to have witnessed Combs and others engaging in serious illegal activity while he lived and traveled with the superstar from 20, September 2022 to November 2023. In documents obtained by NBC News, Jones claims that Combs forced him to solicit sex workers, some underage. The producer alleges that he was pressured into having sex with them at Combs' direction. Images of the alleged gatherings that appear to show sex workers at parties at Combs' homes are included in the filings. Uh, Jones claims that some of the sex workers were given drinks laced with drugs at Combs' direction. And on at least one occasion, according to the suit, Jones says he's believed he was drugged as he woke up naked and disoriented in bed with Combs and two sex workers. Jones's, uh, Jones alleges that he was forced to work in Combs' bathroom as the entrepreneur showered naked. When he voiced concern to Combs' chief of staff, he was dismissed. At, uh, it was dismissed as friendly horseplay, stating that those acts were Mr. Combs' way of showing that he likes you per the lawsuit. Jones alleges that there was constant unsolicited and unauthorized groping and touching of his anus by Combs. Uh, Jones alleges that Combs was grooming him to pass him off to his friends, according to the complaint viewed by the Hollywood Reporter. He's suing for harassment and assault, seeking $30 million in damages. Oh, yeah. There is powerful niggardry at work here. Yeah, man. So uh, first things first, man. Um, I know a lot has been made of the fact that, you know, there, this has, you know, there's a same sex, uh, aspect going on here. And that's what a lot of people have kind of lashed on to. Um, I will be glad when we get to a point where this isn't the, uh, that part isn't where most people get stuck. Right. I will be glad when we get to a point where that isn't the part where people get stuck on the same sex aspect of these allegations. What I will, what I hope though, is that, um, we come to a point where we just actually just acknowledge the substance of the allegations, right? This isn't the first time over the course of the last few months that we've seen someone accuse Sean Diddy Combs of some level of sexual abuse. I mean, uh, one of the bigger stories that came out this year was his longtime girlfriend, uh, Cassie, was accusing this man of sexual abuse and sexual assault and that uh, she was going to come forward. And then there was a settlement that kind of they had reached. And, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> after the settlement had been reached, uh, you know, that kind of went away. Right. But when she came forward that, you know, it, it's one of those things where other people have the, uh, have the courage to kind of come forward and maybe tell their stories. Right. Uh, we saw uh, a similar aspect of this happening when it came to Bill Cosby, a few years ago, right? Yeah, you know, once one, you know, once it becomes a part of the, uh, you know, once one, you know, victim comes forward, then it gives other potential victims or alleged victims uh, the courage to tell their stories as well, right? Now, of course, all of this is allegedly, 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 allegedly. Um, but I think going forward. Diddy's reputation is done as far as um, it, it's almost on some on some uh, R. Kelly shit to a large degree. Now, there have been whispers of R. Kelly for for a long time, man. And there had videos of R. Kelly out here. 
for a long time. The interesting thing about this is that, you know, we, you know, even though like I'm not a part of the industry, there's a lot of us who are not a part of the industry, but a lot of us have heard about these infamous Sean P. Diddy Combs parties and shit, right? And uh, it's one of those sort of situations where, um, say for instance, like we would talk, we've been, you know, Cat Williams has been a part of the the the, the normal parlance of shit, or the like, the you know the, the not the normal parlance, but the um the conversation around people making it in the industry. Cat Williams spoke about this on uh, on Club Shay Shay, and so many people were like, "Yo, man, he ain't told no lies, though. He ain't told no lies." And like these sorts of uh, parties around, like say for instance, a Sean P. Diddy comes, like these industry parties, like. Diddy and uh, Harvey Weinstein. You have to do these special things in order for you to make it in the business, right? Because these are like kingmakers and whatnot. Like these people could put you in a position to like, you could be very successful in this business. And part of the reason why that particular narrative takes hold so hard is because we've had story after story after story after story of these type of individuals exerting their influence on uh, you know, people who are desperate to make it in the business. And because some people are willing to, maybe, again, all of this is alleged, but because some people were willing to do these, you know, compromise themselves in some sort of way in order to, you know, uh, have some level of um, notoriety in the business, unfortunately, the rest of us who are not in the know extrapolate that to everybody who's had some level of, of, of success in the business, which is unfair, right? And I've, talk, I've, I've spoken about that here on the microphone a few times at this point. But the fact that Sean Combs is dealing with this in court yet again, um, this time from a male, uh, from a man who worked on him on his very last project, um, it speaks volumes, you know, as to, uh, you know, it, it speaks volumes as to, Okay, now I'm getting a whole bunch of text messages now. But it speaks volumes as to how much, um, you know, his reputation has taken a, a, a dip in, um, in in the large scheme of things. So um, one of the things I also found interesting, man, like, as much as I talked about, you know, being on threads and shit, I was a little bit disappointed with the fact that, like, yo, I had to search this up on threads. It wasn't really happening on threads. I don't want to be on Twitter <laughs> in the ways in which I used to be on Twitter, man. So threads, get on your shit. But also, um, Sean Diddy Combs is finding himself in a storm, and um, you you, you kind of have to wonder um, how much of this is valid, how much of this is contrived, if at all. Um, but also, uh, I just think that Sean Diddy Combs is. Uh, reputation from here on out has been just shot, man. It's, it's, it's over. It's a wrap for him. And um, also, you kind of have to wonder, um, you know, how far along this goes, right? If the allegations of what Sean Pity Diddy Combs is accused of, you know, accused of is tr are true, how far back does this go? You know, and that's, I think that's a that's a question that a lot of folks are asking. So, yeah, man, he has been incredibly accused of sexual assault yet again, this time from a young man. Um, and again, I, I want us to get past the idea that like, yo, 
because uh, a lot of people get hung up on the sexuality of it. Like, nah, man, whether he wronged somebody allegedly, whether that be a man or a woman, he wronged somebody. And I think it's it's high time for folks to get past the whole idea of whether or not you know Diddy is gay or you know hold up. The, the silly shit that motherfuckers involve themselves in, right? So you got that going on, man. Real talk. Um, another story that we got going on here, man. Uh, Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen. I kind of feel like Scotty Pippen is uh, acting as though he done came full circle, man. Real talk. It's, it's, it's almost as if Scottie Pippen came full circle. Because how dare this motherfucker Scottie Pippen all of a sudden decide that Michael Jordan is the GOAT yet again. This nigga was clearly lying. He was lying about LeBron being the GOAT. <laughs> Let's make that clear. He was lying about LeBron being the GOAT. But uh, for whatever reason, man, Scottie Pippen has come around. He then came around. He done seen the motherfucking light. So we get this story here. This comes out of the basketball network, man. Um, yeah. Uh, Scottie Pippen calls Michael Jordan the GOAT because of the MVPs he's won. So Scottie Pippen drew tons of criticism when he called Michael Jordan a horrible teammate and uh, player last year. But in his latest interview, Pippen gave MJ his flowers by calling him the greatest player of all time. Pippen is currently in Australia for a series of speaking engagements, and he happened to drop by the Today Show Australia for a short conversation with Carl Stefanovich and Sarah Abo. Of course, the host didn't forget to ask him the million-dollar question if he thinks his former teammate is the GOAT. And so check this out, y'all, because, uh, yeah, we do have the video of that. So let me pull this up so you guys can watch right along with your man Spam. And uh, we're going to see what the hell Scottie Pippen had to say about this. Let's do this here real quick. Let's see what Scottie Pippen is talking about. We maximize that. Boom. Let's see what he's talking about, y'all. Or not. As Are you really fucking serious, man? <laughs> Comcast been playing me the last three weeks, man, and I don't appreciate it. Okay, let's refresh this. Let's see if we refresh if we refresh it if it goes ahead and plays. Do 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 do. So we just we just we just not gonna do what we supposed to do. Comcast, computer, YouTube, just gonna leave me hanging like this. I don't appreciate this. Like like not even a little bit. Like. Like not even like 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 not at all. Okay, let's stop sharing. Let me Same. see. Ain't that a bitch? I'll get some nucleus around you to get you. So when I stop sharing, it it, it goes ahead and plays. Well, that sucks. Let me see if I can do something here because I believe there was something that I forgot to do. So hold on just a second, folks. I still have my lights hardwired. So let me see if if I can if I can fix this with uh with the hardwired internet and shit. Let's see if the if, if the internet like kind of gives me some grace here. And let's refresh. All right. And still nothing. This is some bullshit, man. I guess your body starts to tell you at some. 
I had this queued up too, man. <laughs> I had this queued up, but for whatever reason, the video doesn't want to play. So I'm gonna go ahead and just play, like, read the fuck from the fucking article. Uh, it says for sure, Pippen said without hesitation. I mean, you look at the MVPs that he was able to achieve, but I think that was brought from that was brought about from us being a successful team. Obviously, someone is going to bring those accolades home. But yeah, he was the greatest player, definitely in basketball. Uh, Pippen said that the last dance was special. Uh, Pippen also at, was asked about the 2020 ESPN documentary, The Last Dance, which Pippen criticized because it did not pre- portray the real story behind the Bulls dynasty and instead focused on enhancing Jordan's legacy. But this time around, Pippen was at least cordial when talking about it. He said, I thought it was special. I thought it was a special moment for us to re- really relive some of the greatest times in basketball history and more so have an opportunity to see what team basketball was like. And I think during the pandemic, everyone sitting home, it was like an educational tool to let people see how great the game can be if it's played the right way. And if they're sharing the basketball, there's unlimited things you can achieve in the game of basketball. Along with former Bulls teammates Horace Grant and Luke Longley, Pippen is in the land down under for their No Bull tour, where they are expected to tell their version of the Chicago Bulls story. Many believe the three could try to dispute some of or many of the things that Jordan claimed in the last dance, but so far we haven't had any glimpse into their side of the story. Actually, we did. We did have a glimpse into their side of the story. Scottie Pippen had an entire episode of that show, that, that, that docuseries, dedicated to telling his part of it like his not only his upbringing his 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 coming into the league his growth as a player and some of his faults as a player and those are the parts that scotty Pippen was like most upset about when it showed some of his faults as a player right that was actually one of the things that horace grant was really adamant about and he talked about like yo he was he he said some shit about Michael Jordan was a part of the team when Scottie Pippen decided that he didn't want to go back into the game when Tony Kukoc was given the last shot against the New York Knicks in that playoff game, right? And he said some shit to he said something to the effect of Michael Jordan wasn't even on that team, so how do you even have room to talk? Well, newsflash, Horace Grant, your ass wasn't on that team either. You had moved on to Orlando, and when it comes to the last three championships. Your ass wasn't a part of that team either. As a matter of fact, they beat your Orlando Magic team. They swept y'all asses about of the playoffs and won three more championships. So where do you find the room to talk shit, right? But, um, yeah, man, I wonder if this has anything to do with uh, Scotty's ex-wife, uh, Larsa, breaking up with Marcus Jordan and uh, whether or not now that, you know, that is no longer a thing. Um, whether or not he feels more of a conciliatory, uh, uh, has a more conciliatory attitude when it comes to uh, Michael Jordan. But I think that's one of those bridges that he may have just like set on fire, bro, when it came to that book that he came out with. And the fact that like, you know, him, Horace Grant and Luke Longley have, are, are doing this no bull tour. It's like, here's the thing. Um, when it came to the the last dance series, man, I, I'm surprised that we're still talking about this four years later. But when it came to that last dance series, man, um, yeah, people wanted to see Michael Jordan's uh, perspective on what happened. But it wasn't just Michael Jordan's perspective. We did hear from Steve Kerr. We did hear from Phil Jackson. We did hear from Rodman. We did hear from uh, uh, Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant. These people sat down for interviews for that shit. Right. 
So it wasn't as if Jordan just told the story like, yeah, so this is just about me. No, there was a it was an it was an all around sort of uh, story about not only how the last dance came to be, but what what was the genesis of it even getting to that point. And so for those dudes to have such a uh, such a bitter response to that, I think was uh, was a was a bit jarring for a lot of folks because I think a lot of people were felt as though that team was a lot closer than they were, especially considering all the things that they accomplished as champions. But also, man, just like, uh, you know, how much of, you know, athletes can be just divas too, right? Not just Michael Jordan, apparently, but Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant and even Luke Longley, <laughs> right? So, yeah, man, you got that going on. But, uh, yeah, right now, Scottie Pippen is now calling Michael Jordan the GOAT again. So I guess uh, he's with most people now. <laughs> he's with most people and how we were thinking about this all the time but yeah man we got that going on man real talk uh another story that we got here man um so uh joe button has decided that he will have candace owens on his podcast man yeah man so uh rapper turned podcaster joe button has decided that he will invite Candace Owens on his podcast to have some conversation. And uh, we get the story here. This comes out of yahoonews.com. It says that Joe Button does a good enough job of stirring up controversy on his own, but his next move may be the most scrutinized yet. The retired rapper has a podcast episode with Candace Owens coming soon, and the people have thoughts. The eponymous podcast host gave the conservative commentator her flowers for the work that she does in the political space and was interested in speaking at length with her, though he doubted if she would ever come on the Joe Budden podcast. To his surprise, a 34-year-old author expressed that she was willing to speak with him. Budden and Owens moved fast because within days she posted a photo of the two of them together in a room that looked set up for a podcast episode. It happened, she wrote in the caption of her Instagram story. The internet, however, has mixed reactions to on what this collaboration could be. Uh, one ex-user described discussed Joe Budden and Candace Owens working together, asking, "Y'all don't believe in sitting down with educated people with different views from your own? Some of y'all argue back and forth with strangers on the internet for free." Another user quoted them and said, "Candace Owens isn't educated, and nobody on the Joe Budden show is capable of challenging her. What's the point?" Another user defended the pump it up rapper. Uh, being typecasted for hosting the controversial black uh, uh, media personality. It's crazy people are talking about black men's podcast as a source for right-wing propaganda in response to Joe Button interviewing Candace Owens, like Candace Owens isn't a whole black woman with a massive right-wing platform they wrote. Now, um, there are some people who feel as though uh, this is a controversial thing for Joe Button to do. I am here to tell you that if you are surprised by this, I have a can of magic beans to sell you. I'll be a monkey's bare-assed uncle. I am not surprised that Joe Budden in the least would have someone like a Candace Owens on his show, right? There is a certain contingent of dudes uh, who, and I remember this happened with uh, with Kanye West some years back when, when we found out that Kanye West supported fucking Nazis, <laughs> right? 
uh, where he talked about, I like the way that Candace Owens thinks. And then uh, you looked up and Candace Owens was uh, uh, accompanying Kanye West to his visit to TMZ where he espoused a bunch of bullshit about Harriet Tubman and the, the, you know, the, the choice of slavery and everything else. Um, I can remember uh, a time where Candace Owens, when she had uh, her, uh, her doxing website where she was doxing conservative activists and conservative co- uh, commentators uh, before she found the money and being a conservative commentator herself. Right. Um, there is a contingent of podcast. <laughs> and this is the reason why so many people are, are when it comes to uh, black men podcasting, where they be like, yo, man, y'all need to take these niggas mics away from them. <laughs> right. But it doesn't surprise me uh, that there is a, a, a here's the thing. Here's the thing. There is a contingent of people who believe that if you just have the conversation with someone on the other side, then maybe you will understand why they believe the things that they believe and that um, you can come to some sort of middle ground. Right. Um, I used to be one of those people who believed in that sort of shit, who believed that if I just had these conversations, we just, because the conversations need to be had. No, I think to a large degree, we are at a point now where uh, you understand where a motherfucker is coming from because even if you don't have the conversation with them, you hear the things that they say and you know, whether or not you agree with most of the things that they say, you know, if what they say is the total antithesis of everything that you believe in, you don't have to have a conversation with a motherfucker to understand that what they are talking about is totally against everything that you believe in. So the idea that you have to have a conversation with them in order for you to come to some level of understanding, that means you just not listening to the motherfuckers, right? You are not listening to what they are saying. And I am of the belief, especially because of how I operate. I operate in the, in the space of when I get on this microphone, what you hear me say on this microphone, I believe. There are a lot of folks who get on microphones who say a lot of shit that they don't necessarily believe. They, they'll get on these microphones and they can't wait to play the devil's advocate, right? And when they get on these microphones and they are playing the devil's advocate or, hey, man, I'm just going to put this out here just for, for the sake of putting this out here. Let me see what y'all think about that. Only for the engagement, only for the eyeballs, not because they believe it, only because they want to see what your reaction will be to what it is that they say. I no longer believe in having those sorts of conversations. I believe it's a waste of fucking time, right? But that's that's the integrity for me. For me. I can't necessarily say that about everybody else. I just know how I get down. So I wouldn't have someone like a Candace Owens on my show because I know to a large degree that Candace Owens doesn't believe the shit that she says her goddamn self. Candace Owens has found a way and a lane for her to enrich herself. 
her and many other people, her and many other uh, quote unquote so-called black conservatives have found a way to make money off of the grift of telling white people exactly what they want to hear politically in regards to people of color. And it gives the white people cover to say, well, it's not racist. Candace Owens says the same thing. It's not racist. Kanye West says the same thing. It's not racist. The Hodge twins say the same thing. It's not racist. The the, the uh, uh, Diamond and Silk say the same thing. It's not racist. Brandon Tatum says the same thing. Right? If they can link it back to some other black person, they can throw it back to a black person who says that shit's racist, and then they'll they 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 have these these black mascots in which they can throw that back at a black person who is offended by what this shit, what these motherfuckers are talking about, offended by the stances that they take, and um, it's just it's just one of those things. So I'm not surprised that someone like a Joe Button would have her on there, because Joe Button knows it having someone like a Candace Owens on there brings clicks to himself and the clicks bring the money. And that's what a lot of these motherfuckers are mostly about. It's not about whether or not there's a substantive conversation and whether or not we come to a a legitimate understanding. No, it's about the clicks, man. It's about the clicks and the um, the clicks bring eyeballs and the eyeballs bring ad revenue and the ad revenue is what they are about. This is a cash grab, man. By and large. So yeah, I am not surprised that Joe button has had, I'm, I'm, I'm actually more surprised that y'all are so surprised that he would have her on there. That's what I'm surprised about. Cause that's exactly the type of shit that Joe button would have on his show. Real talk. So, yeah, man, you got that going on. Joe Button as Candace Owens on the Joe Button podcast, I guess. Kudos, you know, I, to those of you guys who uh, listen to that shit, I suppose. Uh, you got that going on. Now, another story that we got going on, man, Wendy Williams uh, had a documentary series premiere on, um, had a documentary series. It premiered on, I believe that was late uh, uh, Lifetime. Yeah. And uh, it came out to some uh, some mixed reviews, man. Nigga! Yeah, man. So let me see if I can pull this story up. I believe I still have it. Yeah, here we go. We, we get this here. It comes out of the Hollywood Reporter. It says the William, Wendy Williams documentary producer said that if we had known she had dementia, no one would have rolled a camera. Well, that'll be a monkey's bare-assed uncle. So let me read the story. It says that uh, the producers of Lifetime's Where is Wendy Williams discussed the making of the unsettling doc and what they learned and grew increasingly infuriated about along the way. Um, <clears throat> so for the better part of a year, uh, his cameras kept rolling, documenting the increasingly fragile state that the former talk show host had found herself in as she alternatively craved family, her former TV platform, and an excessive amount of alcohol all while struggling to remain coherent. What ultimately came of that footage is a raw, devastating, excuse me, four-plus-hour documentary, which aired on Lifetime over two nights this past weekend. Williams's, Williams, her son, Kevin Hunter Jr., and her jeweler-turned-manager, William Selby, are all credited as executive producers. Nevertheless, the E1 and Creative Films Project asks more questions 
than it answers, including what exactly was going on with Williams and why a court-ordered guardian was largely cut her off from her family. Uh, though the latter remains a mystery to the project's producers to this day, a press release on behalf of Williams and her current care team was sent out just ahead of the documentary, revealing that the former shock jock and TV host of 12 years had been diagnosed with a primary progressive aphasia and frontotemporal dementia, which impacts language, communication, behavior, and cognitive function. Then two days before Where's Wendy Williams was set to debut, Williams' guardian, whose identity is redacted throughout the doc, filed a lawsuit against Lifetime's parent company trying to block the network from airing the two-night documentary event. Uh, a judge dismissed the request, however, citing the First Amendment. So it aired as planned with Selby and key members of Williams' family screening, on, screening all four hours with producers beforehand. To their knowledge, Williams, who is said to be in an undisclosed facility where her cognitive issues are allegedly being treated, has yet to see it for herself. Now that the doc has aired in its entirety, Ford, along with executive producer Erica Hansen and Lifetime's Bree uh, Miranda Bryant, agreed to hop on a Zoom to discuss as Rocky Road to completion, including the times they felt they were neither appropriate nor safe to keep filming, and the larger purpose they hope that the film serves, even if it wasn't their intention going in. So, um, here's the thing, right? I think, by and large, because I haven't seen this, and I don't plan on seeing this, um, I think when, you know, from what we know of Wendy Williams's, uh, cognitive, uh, condition, um, that any sort of documentary coming out about her would be exploitative, right? The fact that the people who were filming this shit said that like, yo, if we had known she had, you know, dementia before we wouldn't have, uh, we wouldn't have even filmed it. But as you were filming it, you had to, at some point recognize that something ain't all the way right here. And yet y'all continue filming. So I don't buy that shit. I don't buy that shit at all. The other part about this is that, um, you know, I know there's, there's a contingent of people who do not like Wendy Williams because of how they perceive her to be a messy somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like she had no problems airing out the dirty laundry of, you know, celebrities and, um, and, and, and high, you know, well-known people as fodder for conversation on her particular shows, whether that be on a radio, whether that be on a television show. And so they look at this as they're like, yo, this is the chickens coming home to roost. And now this is her turn on the summer jam screen. Um, at the same time, it's like, yo, if I don't know if like, I don't know if even that I get that some people are upset. You know, they, they may have been upset with, who she was and how she portrayed herself prior to. But if what we are now learning about her condition is true, that person ain't there no more. That person isn't there. And it comes across to me as though um, an opportunity for those around her to make money off of her despite the fact that she's sort of incapacitated, right? Especially considering the fact that her money is being guarded by a guardian that was appointed by the bank, which I, I've never heard of before, but apparently her, her the bank was able to like kind of have a conservatorship of some sort with her and someone appointed that wasn't a part of their family or her family. And like, so this was an opportunity 
because maybe the family doesn't have access to her resources. So like, yo, like, okay, so we're all, I'm an executive producer. Maybe this is an opportunity for me to get some money out of this because I don't have access to my mama's money or I don't have access to my aunt's money. I don't have access to my daughter's money. This is an opportunity for us to at least have something coming in because we don't have access to those funds. I would hope that that's not what that is, but it kind of looks that way for those who are closest to uh, Wendy Williams. Um, my wife told me she, she watched, you know, some of it and it just, it was just sad. And, um, you know, I, again, I've, I've, to be honest, I've never been the biggest Wendy Williams fan. I just, you know, I didn't watch her show. Didn't really listen to her on the radio. Um, she did come across as a messy somebody to me, but also I don't want to revel in someone's downfall in that way either. That person is suffering in a way that I probably wouldn't really wish on anybody. So uh, the idea that they would put that shit on television as spectacle uh, is to me is a little, you know, kind of low, low brow and low class and whatever, you know, whatever else, man. Um, but I haven't watched it, so I don't know. Um, it would be interesting, you know, if any of you guys who are listening to the sound of my voice right now, uh, if you have watched it, like, you know, what did you get? from uh watching uh Wendy Williams's documentary and um and um do you feel as though she was being exploited while you were watching that did you feel a little dirty watching that while you were like consuming that particular media like let me know man like hit us up in our hotline area code 313-288-0485 with a voicemail and let us know what you were thinking about that or shoot us an email leave us a comment on YouTube man let us know what you were thinking about uh the Wendy Williams uh documentary that debuted on Lifetime, man, real talk. Now, um, another story that we're going to talk about here, and this is one of the reasons why the episode is named in the way in which it is named, and that is uh, the reason why. Well, we, we've had a, a presidential primary here in Michigan, and uh, you had a lot of people here in Michigan who decided that they were going to vote uncommitted in the Democratic presidential primary, man. All right, and so uh, we get this story here. This comes out of uh, Yahoo Finance, but it's linked to Fox News, right? Uh, but we'll read a little bit about this article. We'll read a little bit from this article and this video attached to this. Hopefully this shit plays, because I don't know why I held up the video. I haven't been playing the last couple of weeks. But here we go. It says, uh, Representative uh, Rashida Tlaib released a statement through Listen to Michigan and on Instagram about voting uncommitted in the state's Democratic primary to send a, pres- uh, a message to President Biden on Gaza. Uh, oh. And that was the, that was the entire article. So yeah, <laughs> let me uh, pull this 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 article up so you guys can uh, watch this video right along with your man Spam. Let's let's see what's happening here with uh, Rashida Tlaib and the vote of uncommitted here in Michigan. Let's. let's One, it's Rashida. I was proud today to walk in and. Oh my God. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Okay, let's do this. Let me pull this down. Let's let me close this out right now. Let me pull this up again. Maybe if I do it this way, it will. Okay, because now it just wants to like fucking play and shit. Yeah. All right. Let me add that again. 
Let's maximize this. Let's see what Rashida Tlaib is talking about, y'all. Everyone, it's Rashida. I was proud today to walk in and pull a Democratic ballot and vote uncommitted. We must protect our democracy. We must make sure that our government is about us, about the people. When 74% of Democrats in Michigan support a ceasefire, yet President Biden is not hearing us, this is the way we can use our democracy to say, listen, listen to Michigan, listen to the families right now that have been directly impacted, but also listen to the majority of Americans who are saying enough, no more wars, no more using our dollars to fund a genocide, no more. So please take your family members, use our democratic process to speak up about your core values, where you wanna see our country go. I know taking my first time voter, my 18 year old son to the polls today was so incredibly empowering too. And he felt it. And I told him, you right now did it for not only Sidra and Rima, which those images have never left any of us, but you also did it to protect our democracy. All right. So the question that I would have for someone like uh, Rashida Tlaib, uh, while she's talking about protecting the democracy, is how does this protect our democracy? Right. Let me, let me wait a second. Let me pause that. But how does this protect our democracy? Right. Um, I am of the mindset that, no, I am not in support of Israel uh, decimating Palestinians in the Gaza Strip, right? I'm not, a, I'm not in support of that at all. I am perturbed by the idea that the United States government unflinchingly supports Israel uh, in this particular conflict, right? Especially considering the leadership that it, that that is going that that it has control of the government over there in Israel, right? And I've spoken on this issue a few times before, where you know there are people who would who there are people who would try to force on you the idea that if you do not support the Israeli government in this particular military action, then that means you're anti-Semitic which is the furthest thing from the truth. I can be against the Israeli government decimating a population of people and not be anti-Semitic. I do not hate Jewish people at all, right? So let's get that out of the way. But also, I am not of the belief I am not in a position, I'll put, the, I'll put it that way, I am not in a position to be a one-issue voter. There's a bunch of different things that I care about. I care about criminal justice reform. I care about women's access to uh, reproductive health. I care about marginalized groups having access to the ballot. I care about... Uh, Shit, I would actually like, I care about like like equitable tax reform, right? So that millionaires and billionaires actually pay the same motherfucking tax rate that I pay as a middle class worker, blue collar worker, right? I care about all people having access to the ballot, 
I vote based on a number of different things. I don't have the luxury of being able to vote based on one issue, right? And so what's disappointing to me is that there are some within the Democratic big tent that uh, feel as though we have that room when we really don't have that room to be one-issue voters, right? And the reason why I say that is because this isn't so much about the protest vote. I believe that, like, yo, this is the primary, and you got room, you got you got the room to do this in the primary, right? Because this is a way, and I'm not I'm not against protest votes. Trust me, I'm not against a protest vote. I agree that, like, yo, if you want these people to have, you want to get these folks' attention, yeah, go ahead, do your pro, do your protest vote. Send a message, send a message. But at the same time, when it comes to when we go to vote in November. This is where the rubber meets the road. And we ain't got time for that protest shit. Right? We don't have time for it. Because what's on the opposite side of this Joe Biden that you are dissatisfied with is 20 times worse than what you're upset with Joe Biden with. And one of the things that um, kind of uh, makes me like a little... That, that kind of bothers me just a bit is uh there's this video here i'm gonna pull this up so you guys can kind of watch right along with your man spam but uh there was this that kind of came up and i want you to just kind of listen to some of the uh the, the single-mindedness of some of the folks uh who were about the uncommitted votes and everything else so let me uh let me share this with you guys so you guys can watch right along with me and let's see what they're talking about here now and we get this video this comes from the associated press all right for those of you who are not watching us here live uh, says, some arab american community leaders declined to meet the president joe biden's campaign team in detroit in the detroit area on friday and then your president wants to come to your community and make sure that you're still going to vote him vote for him in november i hope you send him the right message Says uh, the backlash exposes a growing rift between the White House and groups otherwise loyal to Democratic causes in a critical swing state like Michigan is. Says that uh, Arab American leaders have for months for months accused the president of being too supportive of Israel in this war with Hamas. Intentionally, I think pursuing a policy that is not only inhumane and um, disgusting to everyone that hoped for something different, but uh, will be consequential in November 2024. Uh, we will fight Joe Biden. We will make sure that we will punish Joe Biden by making him one-term president. If Trump becomes president, you know, I'm sure America will survive uh, Trump just like it survived him first time, it will survive uh, Trump once again. And that's where they are sorely motherfucking mistaken. Unfortunately, the idea that because we survived him once, we can survive him again just kind of speaks to the idea that like they're not paying attention to anything other than this one issue. Right. As it stands right now, 
Trump has already added Gazans to the list of people who could not come to America for refuge, uh, uh, for uh, political asylum. As he was doing his Muslim ban the first time, he would implement a Muslim ban again the second time if he ever becomes president again. He does not have any sort of love or affection or empathy for the people of Gaza or the Palestinians as a group. He does not have any love, respect, or empathy for anything that they're going through at this moment. So the idea that we can survive, we, we survive one Trump presidency and we can survive another one. Unfortunately, isn't the case. It isn't the case. And I would hope, I would hope that more of our brothers and sisters in the Arab community would recognize the threat that Donald Trump actually poses, not just to their being here, but also to the relatives over there, right? The other part that I think is, is crucial for us to understand is that if we don't even have a democracy here after this next election, how then do you help the people in Gaza, the Palestinians in Gaza, with the president who has no sympathy for them whatsoever? A president who calls countries that are ran by people of color as shitholes. Right? And the thing is, is that you don't want people to, like, you really don't, I, I, I empathize. I really do. I empathize with people who have lost loved ones, who have, uh, who are, who are scared for their loved ones who are still in the region and they can't get out. I empathize greatly with that. I don't, I can't, I couldn't imagine that level of fear for your loved ones being stuck in a place where there's a regime hunting for them. Right. And I also empathize with the fact that like our government has this unwavering level of support for Israel, despite the government of Israel, not necessarily aligning with the values that a lot of Americans hold. I get it. I get it. But the reality of the situation doesn't lean or doesn't lend for us to be amendable to allowing someone like a Donald Trump to occupy that office again. So I would hope that a lot of the folks who voted uncommitted in the presidential primary, because again, I'm not against the pro I am not against the protest vote in the primary, but when the rubber meets the road, we really do need to, uh, when we really need to put our foot and our feet on the road and do what we're supposed to do, I really hope that like some of these folks will come around and uh, recognize that 
The Republicans are offering you nothing. Absolutely nothing for the pressure that you're putting on Joe Biden. They stand to gain and give you nothing. Meanwhile, the people or the or the even the administration that could actually hear and heed your cries could be punished going forward. So, um, yeah, man, I really just uh it's it it, it 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 it's trying times, man. It's trying times, but um, I would hope that, like you know, I get like again, I I get the uh, I I I understand it, I understand it, especially in the primaries, I get it. But come November, we don't need that attitude that like yo, we survive one Trump presidency, we can survive another. This is it, it ain't that kind of party. We cannot, we cannot even flirt with that sort of idea but you got that going on but yeah man that's one of those things uh another story that we got going on here man so the supreme court is actually considering and hearing the trump case or the immunity case that trump thinks he's immune from prosecution because he used to be the motherfucking president yeah man so let me get this let me let me take that down let me stop sharing that and let's go back to our uh, our pocket here like the, the supreme court did what now where's my story here we go we get this here out of politico it says that uh donald trump's federal trial for seeking to subvert the 2020 election is likely to remain on hold for several more months while the supreme court takes up his argument that he is immune from prosecution for actions he took while president in a one-page order wednesday the court set an expedited schedule to hear the immunity issue with oral arguments set to be uh to be set during the week of april 22nd in the meantime proceedings in the trial uh court will remain frozen there is no noted dissent or other explanation of the high court's action. If the court rules on the matter quickly after the arguments and rejects Trump's immunity claim, it may permit a trial on the election-related charges to occur later on, uh, later this summer or fall. But the court's decision to keep the pretrial proceedings frozen is a blow to Special Counsel Jack Smith's efforts to keep Trump on trial uh, to bring Trump to trial this year. Smith has charged Trump with four felonies stemming from his bid to subvert the 2020 presidential election. Uh, Trump claims that as a former president, he enjoys broad immunity from criminal prosecution for acts taken while in office. Lower courts have rejected that claim, but proceedings in the trial court have been paused for more than two months while Trump has litigated the novel immunity question. In Wednesday's, in Wednesday's order, the Supreme Court granted Trump's emergency request to maintain that pause while the justices hear Trump's immunity appeal. If they ultimately rule that Trump has immunity, the charges will be thrown out. If they deny the immunity bid by the end of their term in June, it may still be possible for the trial judge overseeing the case, U.S. District Judge Tanya Chuckin, to schedule a trial to begin in late summer or fall. So here's the thing, right? Uh, say, for instance, they say that Trump has immunity from, you know, criminality, from anything he did as president. Right? Say they say say they give him that, right? Does that mean that Joe Biden could just blow up the motherfucking Supreme Court? You know what I'm saying? Like could Does that mean that Joe Biden could just say, Well, fuck it then. If 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 we just immune from all the shit, let me go ahead and just like knock off all hey, hey, he gonna give a heads up to like Elena Kagan and uh Sotomayor and uh Katanji Brown Jackson, but hey. 
keep y'all asses out of the Supreme Court. I'm about to blow that son bitch up. We about to, we about to, we about to, boom. And we're going to put a whole other motherfucking bench up there. What's keeping him from being able to do that? If they, if they deem that, you know, a president can not be held accountable and legally liable for the shit that he does officially as president. Right. Think about that for a second. If they do that before Donald Trump is able to like, you know, like, before he's able to, like, maybe even, like, you know, before we vote and all this other shit. If they come to a, a ruling that says that the president is uh, is immune from press, pr- from prosecution, from crimes committed while he was president, Joe Biden can blow that whole fucking court up. And they can't hold him accountable. Which is why I think, if one, it was silly for them to even take this case up, one. And two... If they take the case up and they do rule in favor of Donald Trump, then Joe Biden can take advantage of that and act on his own and, and, and do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Before Donald Trump even has an opportunity to take advantage of these powers, right? Now, what does that mean for us going forward as voters? As voters, we can be like, yo, man, because we don't want this son bitch like to have that level of fucking power after what he's shown us he's willing to do already. As voters, we should be motivated to say, hey, we cannot, we cannot allow that dude to become president again. Because if that dude becomes president again, we can all kiss our motherfucking rights goodbye. Because he can assassinate political rivals. He could lock up the people who did not vote for him. He could, like, you know. Anybody like myself who's been speaking out on uh, against his ass, um, you know, hold us as political prisoners, right? He could do that if the court rules in that way. So as much as, excuse me, as much as one would hate for uh, the Supreme Court to rule in that way, because of the scheduling and how this falls, I kind of, I, I'm leaning on, I know it, it, it's wrong of me, <laughs> right? I know it's wrong of me to lean on the side of sanity. But I lean on the side of sanity in saying that, like, I don't believe that this particular court would even rule in that favor for him, despite the fact that they want to, because of how not only it would look, but also the ramifications of what that could mean before the election because if that were the case joe biden could take he could take advantage of these this new ruling right and and like even i I don't think joe biden would do that sort of shit but it's not as if he couldn't it's not as if he couldn't now the other thing too man um a lot of folks were like, yo, uh, we're worried about, you know, you know, them throwing the case out. Donald Trump, he gets elected. He can throw these uh, these uh, the, like the, the insurrection shit. He could throw that out. But that doesn't negate what's going on in New York. That doesn't negate what's going on in Georgia, despite what they're trying to do with Fannie Willis down there. It doesn't negate those cases. And those are state trials. Those are not federal trials. He would still be held accountable for those things. So, um. Yeah, man, as much as people were disappointed in the fact that the Supreme Court decided they were going to hear this immunity case, uh, I, I, 
I, I kind of feel as though, like, yo, man, it, it would probably be best if it came from the Supreme Court that they heard from the, about this immunity case to put this shit to bed. Because if they rule the wrong way, it could backfire on them in much the same way that, like, people are really uh, kind of scared that it could, like, you know, grant someone like a Donald Trump uh, immense, you know, powers to do some of the shit that he was not uh, free to do while he was president the first time. Real talk. So you got that going on. Now, um, yeah, let's see. How many more stories? We got, man, we got three more stories going on. I think we might only cover two more of these, and then we're going to get the fuck about it here because I've been on the mic for a long time. Um, yo, did y'all know that some motherfuckers decided they was going to jump Cam Newton? I'll be a monkey's bare-assed uncle. You got to be a stupid motherfucker if you decided you're going to try to jump Cam Newton, man. Cam Newton, that's a big motherfucker. But apparently some dudes thought it would be a good idea for them to jump one Cam Newton. So we got some video of them trying to jump Cam Newton. Let's see if I can, uh, yeah, let's see if I can pull the bit. Uh, okay, so they play ads. I'm going to wait till this ad passes by, and then we gonna, uh, I'm going to pull that up so y'all can see it. But, uh, yeah, man. Um, let's see what they're talking about here. Boom. Let's do that. And uh, like I said, we don't, unless we're getting paid for the ads, I'm not showing y'all the ads, man. Because I respect y'all's time, man. And I respect y'all not being inundated with ads, man. We all hate the ads, bro. Real talk. But <laughs> all right, so now I can pull this up. Let's see what they talk about. Let's see if they actually talk about this. Because this video does look like some fucking Boston shit. But uh, let's see what they talk about. We unmute this. Because to me, Dan, that's the big story around the Patriots. What are they going to do? Fuck the Patriots, nigga. We're not here for the Patriots. Fuck the Patriots. I was here for the Cam Newton shit. It's supposed to be video of Cam Newton and the fight. All right. Stop sharing it then. All right, man. I don't know, man. My video has been really like failing your boy lately. I don't I don't get this. But uh, we're going to read this story here. This comes out of CBSNews.com. It says, the Cam Newton was always a tough player throughout his 11-year NFL career. He hasn't lost that in the retirement. As video of the former Patriots and Panthers quarterback involved in a fight went viral on social media over the weekend. You know what, man? Fuck this shit. Let me see. Uh, Cam Newton fight. I'm on YouTube. Let's see. Uh, YouTube. Let's see. Cam Newton fight. Let's see if we can pull that up. I'm Newton gets jumped. Oh, shit. That's Cam Newton just gets jumped. That was the first thing that came up. All right. Let's see. Uh, okay. I just want to see, like, the fight, though. Not nine minutes of it, though. I don't want y'all commentary. Okay. I might be able to pull this short up. Let's uh, let's do this here. Let me uh, shimmy, shimmy, yeah. Shimmy, yeah. Shimmy, yay. All right. Let me do this here. Pull this up. Boom. 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 We all saw Cam Newton's viral fight at a football camp this weekend. And we finally got the details of what led to this shocking brawl. Top Shelf Performance, a football training organization, released a statement about the fight. And they're saying Cam was the one that initiated it. We all know how competitive Cam can be. But apparently he taunted okay, a so bit too much during... So that wasn't what the fuck I thought it was. Fuck you and your short. You son of a bitch. <laughs> fuck you and your short. But uh, let's see. Is there another one? 
Okay, let's see. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Before you say we don't have all the facts, as you can see in this video. Oh my God, man. <laughs> Play the fucking video. All right, screw it. Cam Newton is getting jumped by two guys. And then here's a, another guy who comes up, tries to sucker punch him. Never is it okay to take and jump somebody. I don't know what issues these guys have or what Cam Newton said to them, but this let's is chump. Let's try this again. Let me, let, me, let me see if I can pull this back. Behavior right here. Just pure chump behavior. And it's crazy, man. And you can't just walk up to celebrities. There's another thing I want to mention. You can't just walk up to celebrities and so, say whatever you want. So so Cam Newton got like one motherfucker in the head. Like he got another motherfucker by his car and he about to like throw his ass up against the fence. And then some other little young dude. Because guess what? They're people too. To try to throw a haymaker. The little motherfucker right there in the white shirt, right? Throws a haymaker. Cam Newton's hat, his, his hat never comes off. Hat never comes off. Here's the deal. You got to, again, I already said it. You got to be a stupid motherfucker to roll up on somebody as big as Cam Newton thinking y'all about to like to just like rock his world, right? That man was an NFL quarterback. He was an NFL quarterback who ran quite a bit. You know how often some big motherfuckers are trying to take somebody like a Cam Newton down, man? Nigga! Like, I'm talking about 6'5", 285-pound motherfuckers, 6'4", 325, you know, 20-pound motherfuckers trying to take this dude to the ground. You think your 5'10", 185-pound ass is going to be able to take Cam Newton down with a punch? Really? And I blame the parents, man. I blame the motherfucking parents. Cause like, yo, why do you think that your son, what, 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 what makes you think that your, what, what kind of parenting is you doing that your son thought it would be a good idea to roll up on a motherfucker like Cam Newton and throw a haymaker and think that that was going to phase that dude. Don't worry. I'll fucking wait, man. Like which one of you parents is out here telling your kid like, yeah, man, I think you could take Cam. I think you could take him. Which one of you parents is doing that shit? You got to be a stupid motherfucker. Your kid got to be a dumb motherfucking kid. I'm sorry. Right? Now, here's the thing, though, right? As I pull this down, let me pull that down. The dudes who got into the fight with Cam Newton, or who, like, you know, not even so much the dudes that got into the fight, but the dudes who are affiliated with the dudes who got into the fight with Cam Newton decided they wanted to get on uh and they, they they wanted to go and tell their side of the story. They wanted people to know why they got into a fight with Cam Newton or why their kids on their seven on seven flag football team got into a fight with someone like a Cam Newton. So let me pull this up so you guys can watch right along with your man span. Hopefully this fucking video plays because my video has been playing me lately, bro. I don't get it. They've been playing me, man. They've been playing me. But uh, yeah, let's see what the hell these dudes are talking about. Did we get this from World Star Hip Hop? But the last time y'all heard this name, but we get this from World Star Hip Hop. Let's see what the fuck these motherfuckers are talking about. I just want to know, like, what transpired? Like, what can make someone, anyone, like, so angry? Because I'm sitting here and I'm speaking to you guys, and there's so much that you guys are doing for the community, and you're pouring into these. So hold up, you mean to tell me that these dudes are community activists? These dudes are community leaders, and uh, Cam Newton said something to them 
to make them want to like sick their kids on Cam Newton to throw paws on Cam Newton and embarrass themselves in front of the fucking world. Really? Really? All right. A young man. And so it's just like, what can make something transpire like this? First and foremost, like what I want to do, I want to apologize to everybody that was out there and okay. to the, the parents of not just our team, but mm-hmm. everybody, yeah, everybody that was affected by like, it. That, yeah. that should have never happened. Mm-hmm. Like we should have been able to, sit down and talk like there's no reason we should be yelling at each other while a game right. going on like it's that shit it ain't none of that necessary and so Cam has an organization mm-hmm. it's not just one team he has an organization so it's just been a lot of trash talk you know from you know what I'm saying hit more so his side just out of nowhere just talking crazy to us for no reason it's like it's not nothing new like I've been around bro for five years so mm-hmm. like this typical Cam Newton behavior but Steph you was right there yeah so, so hold on hold on hold on so Cam Newton, his organization, people around Cam Newton was talking shit. All right. I am, uh, it's been a long time since I've been involved in competitive sports. But uh, in the time that I was involved in competitive sports, talking shit was part of the game, right? Talking shit was, was a way in which you can get a motherfucker off what he was supposed to do. Talking shit was a way in which you can gain an advantage. Talking shit was a way in which you can game the refs in a way, right? But it never led to no stupid shit like this. Off the field, where the kids are getting involved and trying to jump a fucking adult. So this shit spawned off of Cam Newton talking shit. That's your excuse, nigga? And you call yourself being a leader of men? Let a naysayer know. A leader of young men, I'll say that. A leader of young men. That's your excuse? Is that they were talking shit? Y'all couldn't handle somebody talking shit to y'all? That's the whole fucking game. Y'all are that mentally weak that y'all can't handle somebody talking shit to you. While competing. That just, I'm sorry, bro. Like, that just, that just make y'all sound weak. I'm just saying, make y'all sound weak. Well, you been listening to the whole thing, so yeah, you heard him and you walked up. So Steph walked up there. Oh, okay. What's the, and as I'm know? walking up with Steph, Cam is in Steph's face. I made y'all. I'm responsible for everything y'all do, whatever. Then he grabbed Steph. Okay. So me being my little brother, and I'm walking up a flight of steps, and I see a 6 six guy grabbing my brother. And that's the footage that everybody That's sees. what everybody's seeing. Okay. Like, we also see two other motherfuckers. And, and, and confronting Cam Newton about something. And he, he just grabbed one. Like, that's the other part about when people start telling these stories, right? Is that they tell these stories as though, like, there isn't video footage of some of this. Like, this, this would have been cool back in 92. You could have told the story in 92 and it would have floated. Back in 92, we didn't have any goddamn, like, um, you know, camera phones and all this other shit. Everybody videotaping everything now. This would have floated in 92. This ain't floating in 2024, bruh. We see what the fuck happened. Them little motherfuckers rolled up on him like they wanted to do something. Like they wanted to do something. And there was more than one person who called himself throwing a goddamn haymaker. It was at least four of these little bastards that rolled up on that man. Like they wanted to do something. Four of them. Now, one of them was able to land a clean shot. He didn't throw a punch at all of them. And somehow Cam Newton walked away 
looking like the goddamn winner. I'm just saying. How is a man going up against four people, not throwing a punch, and still walking away the winner? Meanwhile, you talking about, yeah, he just grabbed him. No, nigga. They, they, we saw the video. They confronted that motherfucker. They confronted that grown-ass man like they wanted to do something, and then they got handled by that grown-ass man. I'm going to let this finish out. Yeah. So that was the first altercation yeah, everybody nothing, saw. Nothing else right ever happened before okay. that. Nothing else ever happened. Nobody okay. seeing like, how he was talking, talking crazy, crazy for like the past two days. Like, yeah. Nobody seen that. Like, Cam, Cam Newton was talking crazy for the last two days, and y'all decided that, you know, y'all kids was going... Like that, y'all y'all sound crazy. Like real talk, y'all sound crazy for uh, promoting that you know that that level of, of of stupidity. But uh, yeah, man, don't do that. Don't do that. That's stupid. That's that's just fucking stupid. As a matter of fact, it's um, it's actually what it is. It's just kind of that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. No wonder you get D's and everything. That's what y'all sound like, man, real talk. Now, um, I said I had three stories. I'm going to close this out with this one. I'm going to close this out with this one. This this next story here, we could probably, we, I might get on the mic Sunday. We never know. But uh, this story here, Kanye West. Uh, Kanye West accuses Adidas of rape because he alleges that they are selling Yeezys without compensating him. This nigga was clearly lying. Yeah, man. So we get the story here. This comes out of the Daily Beast. It says that uh, that Kanye West has called out Adidas, which terminated his partnership with the rapper in 2022 after his string of anti-Semitic outbursts for selling fake Yeezy 350s. In an Instagram video on Monday, West, who who now goes by Ye, accused Adidas of using contract clauses and 50 years of business experience to rape an artist and claimed the company is suing him for $250 million. Let me explain really clear to you guys what's happening with Adidas. Jay says in the video, not only are they putting out fake colorways that are non-approved, they're suing me for 250 million and they're not, they're also not paying me for these shoes that they're putting out that have my name on it. And they're using contract clauses and 50 years of business experience to rape an artist. One of y'all favorite artists right in front of y'all in broad daylight. It's funny. It's funny how, Injustice is only injustice when it happens to Kanye. Right? Oh, ye of slavery was a choice. Oh, ye of, you know, Hitler had some good ideas. Let me go out and kick it with motherfuckers like Nick Fluentes. Let me say that Candace Owens, I like the way that she thinks. Right? It's only a problem when there's, when there's something bad happening to Kanye. It says in a separate post that uh, shows the Yeezy 350s Adidas is selling, Ye wrote, anybody who loves Ye would not buy these fake Yeezys. I never made these colorways. I'm not getting paid off them, and Adidas is suing me. All the new non-approved 350s are coonery. Nigga, r- nigga, wait, 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 wait. Nigga, what? Nigga! All the new Yeezy colorways are coonery? Not the shit that you've been doing with the White Lives Matter and the Nazis and all that other shit. That's not the coonery, nigga. Nigga, fuck you, nigga. Look at the coon. 
fuck Kanye, man. I hope y'all buy up all them goddamn even I, I don't even like them ugly goddamn shoes. I hope y'all buy up all them ugly son bitches, man. Real talk. Cause fuck this nigga, man. He calls that cooning? He calls that cool. The fuck out of here. The fuck out of here, man. Real talk. I can't believe this nigga. The, the nerve of this nigga. The nerve of this nigga. I, the, Get the fuck out of here, man. Real talk. Oh, man. Oh, man. Now, um, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that is fucking insane, man. That is fucking insane. That, that's crazy. I didn't expect to even get a chuckle out of that one, but that, that, that is fucking insane. Now, um, before we get out of here, hold on a second, um, because I, I, I forgot to do this before um before like you know before like we really got into the show but um so last week uh, or sunday i uh, let me stop this here so last sunday of course we did the show and um i talked quite a bit uh, about how republican voters or republicans in general think that black people are stupid right and um i still believe that to be true that Republicans think that black people are largely stupid. And ironically enough, that episode uh, at the moment has about 1.2 thousand views on YouTube right now. And <clears throat> it has 62 comments. Now, normally we don't do those kind of numbers on YouTube, at least not, you know, I, I mean, I have videos on YouTube that have a million views. I have one video that had like a couple million views. Right. But, um, Nothing recently, you know what I'm saying? This is back with like back at way, 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 way back in the day when I was doing Span TV and shit, right? But I, the 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 Trump supporters found the video, and they decided to let their voices be heard, right? Here's the rub: is that the episode is entitled "Republicans Think That Black People Are Stupid," and then is ironically enough, it's filled with Republicans who think that this black man. Is stupid, right? And I want y'all to see what these Trump supporters are saying about me as someone who critiques the Republican Party on what it is they actually advocate and the policies that they produce in relative to my community, right? And it's as if they don't recognize that they don't have the level of self-awareness to understand that they are proving my fucking point for me right that they think that black people are stupid so um let me pull this up i'm gonna pull this up i'm gonna because i don't i don't you know like i said i, I want y'all to you know i want you guys who are going to comment on the show uh on youtube to like leave comments and all this other stuff but i i, I want to make sure y'all see this shit um let me do this here I'm going to, um, let me swap this out. Let me swap this out. I want to make sure that y'all see this, right? So this is episode 36. This is the last episode that we did. 62 comments, uh, 1,200 views so far, streamed four days ago, right? Now, these are some of the comments that we got here. Uh, doesn't voting straight Democrat for 60 60 plus years prove it? You need to study, sir. Okay. Someone called me a Kool-Aid drinker. 
Someone said that shout out to all the black folks voting for Trump. I'm glad y'all finally see the bullshit from the left word. Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. Keep voting Democrat. Someone said 478 views is the proper amount of views for this B this BS. Uh, someone else said, uh, you on the plantation, bruh. Someone else said, as a Republican living in a Republican town, my shit don't buffer. Okay, I guess. Uh, you know you are, uh, let's see, you know you are what you show people. You are if you vote for people that don't care about you over and over. You wrote a third world, you wrote a third world country government in place. Y'all see this, right? <laughs> Y'all see this, right? As for this, as for his gump would say stupid is as stupid does for like yo dude couldn't even get his grammar right he's trying to crack but can't even get his grammar right and you think democrats don't you are going to be eating crows so if this is true you can't fix stupid me all i'm all i'm saying is this not one of these comments not one actually address any of the substantive arguments that i presented in episode 36 not a one of these comments. They can't address any of them. They don't have an argument against any of the things that I said. They can't. Check your history and check the Democrats' party history, then talk. I've already done that. You spelled Democrats wrong. The dumbest headline ever. Welcome home to the GOP. If you vote Democrat, then yes, you are. This is what they said. In my comment section on YouTube. Now, YouTube comment sections have always been kind of a cesspool, right? I'm I'm not even I'm 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 a long time, you know, content you know, creator and producer and I've been in this game far too long to be surprised by any of this. The thing that I'm more so surprised by is like their inability to actually be creative, the inability to actually like present an argument, the inability to actually uh not see the irony in how I said that they believe that black people are stupid. And then they go forward in my comment section to say that black people are stupid because we don't vote for Republicans, despite the fact that the Republicans haven't presented an actual policy that benefits black people in any meaningful way. They are proving my fucking point for me. Real talk. And so, uh, for anybody who is, uh, who who is listening to the sound of my voice right now? I want y'all. I just want y'all to take heed to this. This is what the Republican Party has for you. If you have any real critique of them, now even those, as we as we talked about the, uh, as we talked about the protest vote of those on the left when it came to Joe Biden and the uh, and the and the uh, the the Palestinian uh, war with uh, with Israel with Hamas and Israel. As much as I, I, I can understand and I empathize with our Palestinian brothers and sisters, that doesn't mean that I, 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 I denigrate them. I just I disagree with their I, I disagree with the idea that going forward in November. That we need to be out here protesting against Joe Biden when this is on the other side. Right. I want you all to protest, get your voice heard. Maybe you do move Joe Biden in, 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 in a way that uh, that kind of um, in a way that 
benefits not only your community, but also in a in a geopolitical way benefits those over in Palestine. Does you does you do get the ceasefire? That he is able to uh, lean on Benjamin Netanyahu to ceasefire and and stop some of the bullshit that he's got going on there because we do support the Israeli government to a large degree. But in November, the stakes are too high. Right? I'm not dismissing those folks. I'm not calling them stupid. I understand. I empathize. But this is what's on the other side. This is what's on the other side. They don't have anything other than they don't have anything to say. Other than to call us dumb for not voting for the cult leader, the cult leader that they follow. So, yeah, man. It's about time for me to get the fuck on up out of here. I've been talking for quite a bit. <laughs> I've been talking for quite a bit. But, of course, uh, before we get on up out of here, I do have to remind you guys how to get in touch with us over here at the Mrs. Pan Official Podcast and let your voice be heard, man. You can go ahead and hit up our hotline at area code 313-288-0485. That's area code 313-288-0485. Leave us those voicemail messages. Those voicemails will get replayed here and applied to here live on the show. You can also email us here at feedback at thespanreport.com. That's feedback at thespanreport.com. Go ahead and leave us those emails. And, of course, those emails will get right here and applied to here live as well. Uh, follow me on threads and Instagram. My name on both of those platforms is Mr. Underscore Span. So go ahead and follow me there. Chop it up with your man and span throughout the week also leave us a five-star review on itunes and or spotify those five-star reviews are the ones that get right here live in the show we really do appreciate everybody who goes about the business of doing that doesn't cost you a dime just a couple minutes of your time to let everybody know why you're rocking with us over here at the Mr. span official podcast and the span report podcast network in its entirety also uh go to our website at www.thespanreport.com uh, you can go there, watch replays of the show. You can vote in the polls when we decide to put those polls up. You can donate to the show as often as you like, as much as you like. And, of course, we really do appreciate every dime over here at this Paranport Podcast Network. Also, go over there and check out our store, man. Copy yourself some merch. Get yourself a, a nice hoodie. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, T-shirt, uh, coffee mug, mouse pad. We got a whole bunch of little trinkets and stuff like that over there in our store, man. So we really appreciate everybody who helps us out in that way because this shit ain't free, man. We pay money to keep this shit going. So for those of you who support us in that way, man, we really do. We really do appreciate it, man. Real talk. But uh, yeah, man, I am about to get on about it here. I will talk to you guys again soon. But until next time, fam, peace.